game day. We are back with episode number 10. We're into double digits, which we're pretty stoked about. And we've got Callum Wilkie joining us today. He has been in phenomenal form and so have the Saints. Didn't get the result against Carlton, but that's okay because now that he's come on the Hello Game Day podcast, they generally tend to win after that. It was against Fremantle as well. So you've had an absolute mare to start off the show. What happened? You said that against Carlton. Did I? Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> and also, you didn't do your, your different language, Hello Game Day. You... I was going to, but then I was in between Chinese and French. No, no, Chinese and Spanish, sorry. But I wasn't just, Konnichiwa Japanese or Chinese? Uh, I think, I don't know. I think Konnichiwa might be Japanese. Yeah, I was going to, uh, yeah. So I, did, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to back myself in and say a different language. But were you looking forward? Because I, I got the I got the notion that you really weren't impressed by the different. I language. was enjoying it every week. I you were enjoying to, it. Yeah, I'd like to pick it apart if you got something wrong. So you gave me very little feedback about it. So I was <laughs> thinking I'd go back to the Hello Game Day. No, that's all right. Well, okay, from the, well from this week onwards, every week I'm going to do a new language because I was enjoying. It. I just didn't know how you felt about it. I I, I didn't mind it. So <laughs> all right, bring it back. Beautiful. Well, we're going to get straight into the clips here. And what we're going to cover is Riley O'Brien. You have had a mare, my son. <laughs> you have had a mare. He has supposedly broken his phone and his phone has tweeted out his notes before the game. I'm sure you've all heard this. This is the notes. They read as such. West Coast, beat Nick Knapp. Run Run off him hard. He is lazy and unfit. We'll have a field day getting the ball and marking everything. Get to front and have grunt around ground and get after ball on deck. Beat him in this area. CB. Center ball. Center ball. Center bounce. bounce. Okay. I didn't really know what that meant. I thought it meant center back. No. Uh, Playing too much FIFA. Um, (laughs) Have clear plan and execute. Then thank. (laughs) Thank him for the phone. (laughs) So he's at a mare. And uh, mate, the beautiful thing about the Hello Game Day podcast is we get exclusive footage every week. Footage that is unseen anywhere else. And this week, we have got CCTV footage from the Adelaide Crows hub of Riley actually finding out that uh, his he had his phone had accidentally tweeted. So this is this is what the exclusive. What, this is the exclusive footage. There's Riley. He's realised. No God! <laughs> no God! Please no! 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 So the big boy has. Thank had you to everyone down at Adelaide for giving us that footage. Oh, he has had an absolute man. Now, <laughs> Top Media uh, put out a what I thought was real at the start, but a false post of what Nick Nat replied as a bit of a Twitter feud. So, Moosey. Mate, I was absolutely stoked oh. when I saw this. I thought it was real too. And Top yeah. Media, for those of you who don't follow them, get on and follow them because they produce some bloody elite content. Uh, so this is the, the the fake tweet that they put out. It was Nick Nats at Adelaide crying laughing face. Last on ladder. Did a lame power stance in 17 oh. grand final. Playing against a guy who was Sam Jacobs' backup for 10 years. <laughs> Seems like a good step ladder. Mark of the year this week. Taylor Walker plays for them. Lol. Lol Adelaide. <laughs> I, I thought it was real. And a few of us thought it was dead set. Like a real online feud, and I was cacking myself. So that is great by those boys. Well done, Top Media. Now, mate, we'll get straight into the predictions. Uh, first of all, mate, just give us a little sort of uh, rundown on how your tips went this week, big dog. Well, I did absolutely shockingly this week. I did two out of nine, and to be fair, it would have been the mayor of the week if it wasn't for the big razzle dazzle. <laughs> so I've done shockingly, but I've got some pump ups that I want to give out this week. Right. So oh, Ponchy's pump ups. Of yeah, course. You, sorry, you're mate. Me off there sorry. again. <laughs> Um, no, so you get a bit frazzled. Sorry, the, pa- the pair of Isaacs this week. Now, we've got the first one I'll talk is Isaac Quainer. And uh, Collingwood had a great win over, um, geez, I've gone blank on who they won over. Um, carry on, yeah. Well, they've had a, a massive win, that's an absolute clanger in my Hawthorne. 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 Hawthorne, that's right. But Isaac Quainer from the back line, he's ball and usage he had 15 disposals mm. he got 93 percent disposal efficiency and whenever he got it from the back line he just drove it through the middle of the ground uh he was so effective he was like an 80 meter player he'd get it he'd run about 20 or 30 and he'd drive it another 50 and it was so effective and it was really impressive he was a name i didn't really know about before this weekend and mm. i was super impressed well i actually 
know a little bit about him. Um, he has a bit of Andrew McLeod about him, I reckon. Just the way he moves, the way he disposes of it. He's, he's, he's actually a really good kick as well. He's a very powerful mover. And I was talking to some of the Collingwood boys last year, and they were saying that he is really at the level and he's ready to go. So honestly... I reckon I'd be surprised if I ever saw him play another twos game. Yeah, I don't think he's getting dropped again because he is at the level and he's ready to go. It was super impressive. His rebounding was yeah the second to none, and that he he caught my eye this week on terms in first terms round of, draft pick. So yeah, he's definitely a talented and kid. The second Isaac and I've been waiting to see this bloke play for the Suns for a year and a bit now. He missed his first year through a lot of small injuries. I think calf and hammies were getting to him. But Isaac Rankin, he's come in played his first game after Matty Rowe has gone out with an injury, so there's a spot available, and he's kicked three goals three. And they weren't just easy handball over the top set shots. They were freakish snaps. When he was around the ball, he was electric. So those are the two boys this week that have just been absolutely awesome, and they're definitely high in my books now after round six of football. Yeah, well, I can't wait to keep watching them play, man. It's, it's so good to see some elite talents coming through, and it just gives you so much more enjoyment out of watching those teams play as well when you see these young guys who every time you, you they get the ball you're just like what are they going to do so absolutely predictions now, yeah, tell so us I, all about ha, tell us about mate, the weekend for I'm you mate I'm stinking it up <laughs> and it hurts too because I watch every game and there's a bit of feeling involved yeah of course so I is. watch a game um, and we post our results up and it hurts because I've got two out of nine and last week was I watched eight out of nine games I really wanted to analyse and I've come out and had an absolute mess so I decided this week to kind of pick a couple more <laughs> smokies and I t- did my tipping and then I just changed it around in the hope that I tipped shit and now I've reversed it. So mm. it's not looking good and my certainty. I got my first certainty wrong and mm. Sainers, you should have done better. You were up by near 40 points. You let the game slip, you got comfortable and then they almost came back and won it at the end as well and you definitely let me know about that. Mm. I rang you up and I had the, the uh, Fremantle song playing and... Um, you know what, Punch? You've lost your certainty, all right? And uh, I'm, I'm glad that you know how it feels because this is how I've been feeling for the last four weeks. But there's a difference between you and me. The difference between you and me is that I act on certainties being lost. You dilly-dally, oh, maybe Moose should do this as a punishment, maybe you should do that as a punishment. But when I see the opportunity to punish you, I act. And that's why I'm going to blindside you right now. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> You are getting Sorry. a haircut. You are getting a haircut and there's nothing you can do about it. What do you mean? <laughs> because... <laughs> what? Listen, okay. This is what? your punishment this week. And I'm no, not only are you getting a haircut, you're going nude. You're going absolutely nude and I'm going to shave you. You're going to be Johnny Howard. Boy. I haven't decided what haircut I'm going to give you, but you're going what? absolutely completely nude on the nut. And um, <laughs> the thing I love about this oh is that God. you've got a new girlfriend. Katie, the beautiful get Katie, and you're really punching above your weight, so I'm going to bring you da- back down a few pegs here. <laughs> you've gotten a nice haircut. You've got rid of the carrot top that you were ro- rocking for a few weeks. You've gotten an, a few new pieces of clothes, a pair of chinos, which have been making your legs look nice and long. She's given you a bit of a makeup. You're feeling yourself at the moment. And the thing that I love most about this is that now I get to keep make you look hideous <laughs> with a haircut. So I'm just going to give you have enough time. a little, just a little... Quick, oh just, a just a little quick one. Oh, you fuck. <laughs> just, just kick things off and we'll do the rest <laughs> in the video. This is so stupid. You're going to have to wear it for at least a week. Just that one thing. No, I'm going to do the whole haircut. We'll make a separate <laughs> yeah. video. So go yeah, to Instagram. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what's just happened. It's happening to, uh, to, to I just, I'm just giving you a little <laughs> one just to show that we're, we're not, we're not playing around. But after this, we're going to make a proper video of me giving Poncha a haircut. And I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something very creative and, and, and you're going to look like a rabid dog. So <laughs> I can't believe you. Just, I'm rattled. <laughs> All right. So I've gotten five tips this week and I'm ahead in the leaderboard now. <laughs> so moving on to this right. week. Let's get into the, the... We can ponder on this as much as I want. And after this... There's going to be some strong words. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of feedback. All right, so, so Geelong versus Collingwood. Who have you got? I've gone for Geelong by 15 points. I think Collingwood are the stronger team. My Thursday and Friday night games, I haven't picked correctly, so I need a win on this one. Um, Geelong had two early injuries in the game, and they still got the, the job done. So I'm going for Geelong. Oh, it could go either way for me, but 
I just need this win. So, boys, you Geelong, do. come on. You need it. You I really need, I do. Need a few wins. I've gone for Collingwood by five points. I reckon it'll be an absolute thriller and uh, great game, but I reckon Collingwood will edge them out by five. Yep. Essendon versus Bulldogs. I have picked Essendon over the Bulldogs. It, the Bulldogs have been my rogue team this whole time. I didn't pick them for two weeks. They win. I pick them this week. They lose to Carlton by 50-something points. Um, I don't know. If they're a team that they can be the best team in the comp if they want, and then they mm. can turn around and be the worst team. Um, but for me, I'm picking Essendon by 10 points. They've been so consistent. If they would have had have played against Melbourne, um, then assumably would have won. Right. They'd be second on the ladder right now. So right. that's nothing to shirk. So Essendon by 10. Yep. And there's just so many unpredictable things. Like even the Collingwood game that we were just talking about with Geelong before. I don't know if you watched that game, but they put Stevenson on the wing. And the commentators were going wild about Stevenson being on the wing. But what they didn't, no one ever noticed was that Will Hoskin Elliott went forward. And he is such a good forward player because he is great overhead. He can play tall. He can play small. And he has been playing on the wing. <laughs> I'm still hurting about the haircut. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. I Jesus, just, man. I mean, I've, just, I've just envisioned myself looking like Peter Garrett or Michael Klimt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hurting. You're going full oh. nude. Oh, no, I know. I just, I just realised I'm going to be going full nudge. <sighs> Anyways, so they've put Stevenson on the wing and Will Hoskin Elliott forward. I just think that's a great move. I'm going the doggies against Essendon because uh, I haven't dipped them yet, so they're probably going to lose. But Yeah, well... At least one of us will get it right this week. Giants versus Brisbane. Another uh, tough one. Uh, GWS by a point over lines, is what I'm saying. They're both a coming, point? Yeah, they're both coming off a loss. And the point is the respect that I could not pick a winner. Mm. And I feel like Lions for me should get this win. But GWS have a home ground advantage. And that's something that should not be shirked because they've got fans in the stands. They do pretty well at their home ground. So I'm backing them in by a point. I've backed GWS as well by 14 points. I think that, as you said, they're quite good at home. They're quite formidable at home. And, uh, yeah, I reckon they'll get up. So, Sydney versus Gold Coast. Massive game. Yeah, huge. And for me, once again, massive Sun supporter. I love the boys. This is a really big game for them. I think Sydney, once again, they have no uh, forward line um, in terms of just their structure, forward of the ball, nothing's happening. And again, that happened this week. It was a very low-scoring game. The only person they've got is Papley. And I think strategically, if you get a veteran of Harborough who's just played his 250th, mm. lock down on Papley and don't let him be damaging at all. To me, they cannot win a game if Papley is snuffed out. So Suns... So you reckon Harborough takes Papley? That's what I'd like to see because you just need someone who's just going to lock down. He's, he's still uh, fast. You know, he's hard at it, and I think he'd be a really good matchup for Papley, and it'll leave the uh, the younger players, less experienced players, to kind of go around the field elsewhere. But for me, I really want to see the Suns win this because mm. if they don't, it starts to be a season that they've had in recent years. And You're right. Um, also, I have my Golden Rogie this week, and because <laughs> I'm back in the Suns in heaps, my best mate, Tuke Miller, I'm going for 25 uh, disposals or more. Uh, to get a goal and the Suns to win. So I'm really backing him in and I'm backing the boys Did in this week. Do you hear that, Tukey boy? But I'm backing in this week, Tukey boy. All right. Well, I'm also going for the Gold Coast. I think this is absolutely a line in the sand game for them. They need to win this game. And I think that Sydney will be really smelling blood in the water here too. Mm. And they'll be thinking that Gold Coast are on a downwards trajectory. Gold Coast, go and prove everybody wrong and show them that you're not a three-game team admittedly as well they have been playing well at the melbourne game it was still a pretty interesting game um and sydney is actually uh, gold coast is sydney's bogey team because they knocked them off a couple of years ago in a, a pretty famous victory for the club so they yes. have it they have it in them and they need to get this one done yep uh, okay richmond versus north melbourne um so i've gone for the tigers uh by nine points uh that they, they did have a few players missing but they did get the job done so north are always sort of in the game, but they're sitting 16th on the ladder. Um, and Richmond, for a team who hasn't had a lot of hype this year, they're sitting 6th. So that kind of goes under the radar a little bit. You would have thought they're not even the top 8 the way they've kind of started the season off. But they get the wins done. And like I said, they're still my premiership favourite team until finals come closer. And if they can't make finals, that's when I'll change my tip that right. Tigers will be there. Well, I think that Tigers will edge them out as well. And this is my dead set certainty this week. And the reason why I do that is because I, I've... Lost a dead set certainty to Richmond a few weeks ago. But this week, I just see them getting the... I've only tipped them by 10 points. 
but I just see them getting the job done against North. I I don't know why. I've just I, got a big faith in Richmond this week. Yeah, I, it's risky. It is, it is. That's a risky certainty, and especially after you've shaved my bloody scum, I'll be coming back with some serious heat. Well, you've got two in the bank for me, so I'm expecting it. Um, anyways, next <laughs> game: Carlton versus Port Adelaide. Uh, I've gone Port by five points. Um, they're obviously the clear favourites, but Carlton have time and time again shown that they can get a win and out of nowhere. So uh, I didn't get to see the game against the Bulldogs. I saw the result and it's a damning result. Mm. I think the third team to get over 100 points this season. Um, so for me, you can't, you can't say that Carlton will not be in this game, but I think Port have got the... Uh, They've got the form at the moment, but uh, honestly, Carlton could knock them off. Well, that was going to be my dead set certainty, but I've gone for Port Adelaide for thirty-one by 31 points. That was going to be my dead set certainty, but you just can't... Carlton could just pull it out of the bag yeah. at any point. There's and they, they, look, they look pretty bloody good. There's so. a few teams this year that I, I think that on their day, they could turn up and win a game and you wouldn't expect it. And then they could also come out and be absolute shambles. So. That's why this whole dead set certainty game is risky business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except the Crows. They're not really doing much. Yeah. Uh, Hawthorne versus Melbourne. Uh, I've gone the Hawks by 17 points. Uh, once again, two teams that are coming off a loss. Um, but Melbourne, for me, still, you beat the Suns. Uh, I still am I'm not convinced. You're sitting 15th. Uh, Hawthorne have shown some good form. Um, so for me, they can easily get this job done. But mm. once again, it's been so all over the joint, hence my two out of nine. So Hawks by 17, but they've shown more form for me. Well, I think Melbourne definitely will have a head of steam after being the Gold Coast. Uh, it was a close game. It was a hard-fought game. And to get over the line, I think there's a real psychological advantage that a team gets from, you know, with those neck-and-neck -neck games, being able to pull away and just and win those. And I think that with Hawthorne at the moment not in great form, I reckon the, the Ds will, will get the win by six I, points. I'm a massive advocate of the teams and they finishing off the game is the way that they will start the next game off the week after. So if you come home really strongly, I always feel that you've come in with some form to the next game. That's the kind of mindset that I always think. So that's... Well, that's a great segue into our next game, Fremantle versus West Coast, because Fremantle mm -hmm. came home like a steam train last week to deny you of your dead set certainty. Well, yeah, they did it in the, the second, uh, I think the second quarter and the third. And um, Saints did come back at the end, but their, their form was incredible. They kicked eight, eight or nine goals on the trot. Yeah. Career. So it was an absolute shock to me. Um, and I wasn't happy about it, but I was pretty happy. I, I still reckon it's it's the Derby. It's back over in um, in WA, WA so there should be a bit of a crowd there. And I reckon, I reckon this will be a good game. This will be really exciting. I think it'll be the first time that we'll see a fair few stand uh, fans in the stands. West Coast by twenty three for me, yep. but Rio have shown that they can uh, pull one out of the bag. I reckon this will be a nail biter. I'm going West Coast by just two points. Uh, Adelaide versus St Kilda. Uh, Saints by forty. It's my dad's set certainty. I picked them last week. I've had some mates that are like, don't tip uh, Saints as your certainty. I don't want you stuffing around with my team. I'm picking them again. We've just talked to Wilkie before. They're going to get the job done. They have to respond after a loss like that. So every sign points to an absolute job getting done and 40 points. Yep. Callum Wilkie coming on the show this week. Everyone knows it's a good omen. Um, so they're going <laughs> to yeah. get the win. So I'm going to St Kilda by 35 points. My golden rogue this week is Dan Butler and Tim Membry to combine for six goals or more and St Kilda to win by five goals. Whew. Is that five goals or more? Or you just five saying? goals or more. Yeah, nice. So 30 that's points a, plus. That is a big, big prediction. I like that. Yep, and that's the, that's the predictions this week. Awesome, mate. Now we'll move on to what caught Moose's eye. I'll give you your sting, brother, because I know how much you love that. Yeah, get the sting up. Oh, this is special. This is special. Ah. It's positive. It's a positive thing this week. And what it is, is it's not positive for Riley O'Brien. We're <laughs> going to touch on that again because yeah. we know he's had a mare. But what I wanted to touch on was a bit of bad blood and a bit of feeling. Not bad blood, but a bit of healthy competitiveness before a yeah. game. How many eyes were on that West Coast Adelaide game that would not have been otherwise just because they'd given a... Riley had given him an inadvertent joust. Yes. And I think that that's a great thing. You look at sports like the UFC and basketball, there's always the sort of antics off field and off camera that bring fans to the sport. And it's always good to have a little bit of that, a little bit of feeling in the game. And I think that that should be something that happens a little bit more. And it's a controversial opinion, um, but it's, not, it's just not something we ever see in the game. And the last time I reckon I saw it 
properly was when Dylan Shield was a young GWS player and said that all the St. Kilda players were old and slow and that he was going to run them off their feet. Not in those words. He didn't mean it like that. And then the St. Kilda players came out. Everyone had their eyes on this this young dude and, and how he was going to respond to it. They came out and they gave it to him the whole game. And we love to see that. A bit of feeling. See how people rise to the occasion. So Yeah, I think it's awesome. Like with the UFC... It's a 1v1. They're, they're all about promoting bad blood. It's just a normal thing. The NBA, you know, you've got your superstar players and they're bigger than the team and the coach, really. And I think the hardest thing for Australian football is that, you know, you say you come out and say these things, it's detrimental to a team of 22 individuals that are going out and the whole mantra is not being bigger than the club. And I think that's one thing that's unfortunate in a way that I loved it. I was so keen to see Riley go up and match it with, Nick Nat and he did he came out and for him personally I think he he put the moz on himself and he had to go out and give it a good performance and I really reckon he did so I think it was really awesome and personally with the Nick Nat thing for him to give a phone at the end and have a bit of a laugh I just thought that was just like great sportsmanship that you know he's had a mare they've had a laugh about it and for him to give him a phone after his phone uh, broke it was just yeah the whole narrative was awesome for me it was nice and it was tastefully done as well and, and I'm a big <coughs> believer that all is fair in love and war so when you're on the footy field um, when I'm playing twos down at the mighty Bentley Demons I am given all that I'm a big talker on the field I'll chat shit to my opponent all game I'll get stuck into him I'll target one bloke in the midfield that I'll be playing against and just get stuck into him all game he'll get stuck into me but after it you just walk up you have a laugh you say that was good fun and I'm, I'm all about that so it was, it was fantastic to see. It was tastefully done. And I, re- I hope we see more inadvertent tweets. And Raza, I'm giving you the challenge right now, brother. We want to see Raza's notes every week. Yes. <laughs> if not, we're going to make them up. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. that was what caught Moose's eye. It was, and I'm glad you liked it, mate. You didn't say you liked it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> I, I liked it, mate. I really did. <laughs> Sorry. A bit more positive feedback. Now, moving into our interview with... Callum Wilkie. Tell us a bit about the great man, please. So my experience um, with him, we were, uh, I was at St. Kevin's and he was a Ross Trevor boy in Adelaide and we actually had an inter-school <coughs> match. So we, we ho- housed those boys for a weekend. So would have been a good, what's it, eight years ago. Um, me and my friend Sam Lewin, we ha- housed Wilkie and his mate. And yeah, that's how we got to know him. So um, it's just been interesting to see a bloke who missed the draft for four years um, and then all of a sudden on my Instagram feed, I see him posting up a photo out front of the Saints headquarters and I look through the draft and it's just exciting. Someone who, you know, I didn't have on my own personal radar because I love to follow everyone I've known in football. But to see him now go out and absolutely kill it. Mm. At, like he has not missed a beat at um, the highest level. Um, it's just exciting and uh, I'm really thankful once again for him to coming on and um, giving us his time. It is great to see. It's like Luke Ryan who plays for the Dockers for me. I went to high school with him and he was always short bit of puppy fat like not fat like but just just like yeah. not not physically intimidating or threatening on a football field at all and then he shot up as he when he became a young man 18 19 started playing so well got drafted now he's just killing it and i would never have picked that so it's awesome to see but yeah callum wilkie great interview and i'm hoping that you guys all love it as much as we did Moosey Boy gone rogue on the mic here. Ponchy, we've got Callum Wilkie coming on. I've just given you a rude haircut. I know you're a bit rattled, but you need to collect yourself. <laughs> mate, before we do this interview, take a breath, mate, because I don't think you took one then. <laughs> How excited are you to talk to this bloke? Bloody excited. Watched him on the uh, weekend, and it was a thundering left boot. So let's get into it, big boy. Let's do it. All right, guys, <laughs> this week we have Callum Wilkie on the show. So he's a South Australian boy. He went to Ross, Tra- uh, Ross Trevor College. He also was with South Australia in the 2014 year. He missed four drafts, um, had a bit of perseverance, and then he's made his way onto St Kilda's list with the pick three in the rookie draft. So, Callum Wilkie, please give us your biggest hello game day. Hello game day. Thanks for having me, lads. Well, yeah, we love it. Thank you very much, big boy. <laughs> How are you today, mate? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right, obviously. Um... Starts of the week, disappointing loss, but we move on. Well, we will start off with a bit of laughs just to uh, take you off that note, mate. So we've got a couple of stitch-ups that we do every week. Now, first one <laughs> was a personal one. We got to know each other because you were at Ross Trevor and you've come down to play against St. Kevin's and we, uh, we got to host yeah. you boys. And one of the absolute all-time classics was the, uh, the Eagle Rock. After, <laughs> after we played each other and we went out for a couple of drinks afterwards, um, 
and you boys put the Eagle Rock on and everyone dropped their pants. So I was wondering, <laughs> is this something you've brought to the St Kilda Football Club? No, I haven't. Well, I haven't heard that song yet since I've um, been with the boys at the club. I don't know if it's, a, it's an SA thing. So every time that song usually comes on at a, at a party or maybe even in a bar or club, boys, you know, naturally try and drop their, drop their pants. But obviously if you're out at a, an establishment, um, you're pretty quick to, to get the boot. So it doesn't usually happen too much out. But yeah. More, more, more parties and gatherings, that, that's what comes on. But no, I haven't, I haven't given that to the Saints boys yet. Uh. Maybe, maybe I'll try soon. Yeah, so it's definitely a behind the closed door thing. And one, <laughs> one of the funny ones I wanted to tell you before we go further is we, we actually took that one night to a nightclub and uh, the Eagle Rock came on, the pants came down and I got kicked out and I didn't realise when it happened, I was actually dancing on my phone. <laughs> so I went to call my mates to get me back in and it was shattered to pieces. So uh, thanks, to the, thanks to the Ross Trevor boys for that one. Um, so, no, I love that. Now another that. question that's been sent in by one of your mates um, and he wants to know how the bloody hell did you get drafted after Mitch Grigg got 30 disposals and kicked six goals and won the grand final, mate? <laughs> oh, who was that? <laughs> who oh, we, that we will reveal Alex Spinner was our, <laughs> our oh, Of course, of course. Uh, well, I don't even know what happened. Well, originally I was I was, I was planning on tagging uh, another midfielder called Matt Panos in, the, in that grand final, but I don't know. That was the first game I've ever played midfield and the coach decided to give me a tagging role in the midfield in the grand final. So I was a bit rattled by that. Um, and then, yeah, just before three quarter time, they say, go to the bloke. He's had 24 and kicked four already. I said, yeah, great. And then he ended up having another six and kicking two. Luckily, we win the game, though. So it's all good. Oh, that's a stitch up in itself from the coach putting you on him. So um, another one, and this is why I was happy to reveal our source because we don't have any context on None. this. <laughs> but this is the question. So enlighten us as much as you want, or if it's too inappropriate, we'll, we'll cut it. But he wanted to know, uh, did Izzy drop off the firewood Wednesday morning following the grand final? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it could be a bit too oh, inappropriate. <laughs> oh, that probably comes after, well, we're about three days post-grand final win. Um, sitting around, probably what was it, Tuesday night at a mate's place. Boys are carrying on a bit. Um Thought it'd be funny at about two, three a.m. To, to to call the missus as they're probably all sleeping, ready to go to work the next day, because we wanted to get a you know a little fire going in the backyard, see if they could drop off any firewood. And least to say, she was not very happy when I, picked, uh, I woke her up. Um, and, but yeah, no, she didn't have any firewood either, so. Wasn't great. <laughs> now we absolutely love a story about a man being in the doghouse. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> now the next one, mate, is we're getting a few new followers last night. We've been pumping up that we're getting you on the podcast. And uh, one of the followers that we got was actually Callum Wilkie uh, fan page, verging on a hundred <laughs> followers. So I was wondering, is because I'm a bit sus on it. Did you make your own fan page? <laughs> no, I didn't. But we we. Originally, we thought it was one of the mates, and then obviously his post went on, we realised it wasn't his sense of humour, um, and then a few little more breadcrumbs followed from whoever runs his page post, and we've narrowed it down to two of my mates, who they are still denied to this day, <laughs> but we, and they try and ping it on everyone else. But we, we know it's them, but they just won't admit it. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that you're not a cult figure, mate. You're very popular around the club, I'm sure. Now, another one that we don't have much context. <laughs> yeah, well, 70 followers turns a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think it's on 88 now, so you're doing all right. It's gathering <laughs> oh, a lot of following. <laughs> now, another one that we have very little to no context about is a story about apparently you've injured yourself, you've you've run into the post or grazed the post, as your friend has told us, you've missed the rest of the game and the next week. What is the story there? What was this? So I... apparently you've, you've, you've grazed the post and had to sit out the rest of the game. Oh, no, actually, no, I do remember this. I, I didn't miss the next week. That's absolute carry-on. <laughs> like, so what happened was, you know, obviously, I was the padding on the post. Yeah. And then there's the little gap, which is usually at the back of it, like behind it. So they usually cover the front of the goalpost. 
So they've put it on backwards. So at the front of the post, it's open. And I try to run back, take a mark, and I've slammed into it with my hip, obviously straight onto the post with no padding because whoever dumbass put it on, put the padding on, decided to put it on the wrong way. <laughs> and I, yeah, I couldn't walk for a couple of days, but I played the next week. That's absolute carry on for whoever gave me that one. Oh my God, that is absolute classic. And uh, another one, mate, is did you, uh, do you prefer the Bali trip, footy trip, or the Cox Plate weekend? Oh, that's massive call. And can we get um, a bit of context as to why the boys may have sent this in? <laughs> no, I don't know. This Bali footy trip is just a typical footy trip. Um, boys just having a good time. But then Melbourne, Melbourne races, um, Cox Play, it's always it's good fun to get the big smoke from the old Adelaide. So... I don't know why they've sent that in. I've had great times on both, but I reckon I reckon I prefer the footy trip. Just get a few more extra days to hang with the lads and have a bit of fun. Absolutely, mate. So those are the stitch-ups we had for you. So you've taken <laughs> them very well. We appreciate that. Now on to some more serious stuff. So you, you have played junior football with North Adelaide since you were 13 years old. Uh, and you've also played with Ross Trevor. And those are the higher levels that you play as a junior. Um, for me as a Melbourne boy, I know how the Victorian Metro team selection kind of works, but how does it work to get selected for the South Australian team? So you obviously play for the SNFL clubs uh, throughout juniors, um, and they, it's either, I'm guessing, they obviously put a couple of names forward to the to the state, to South Australia, where you go train, or obviously they've got somewhat recruiters um, to recruit a few boys, and then it's usually a squad probably a big squad of about 50 originally. And then obviously from there you have a few trainings and then they cut the squad down to say 30. Um, and then yeah, it goes from there. So yeah, usually just you play for the SNFL club through juniors and yeah, and then you get asked to go try out um, for the state team and then it goes from there really. Yeah, it's pretty exciting for you yourself because that year that you were in South Australia's team, you guys won the national carnival. Um, so from that, you receive a state combine uh, invite. And I was just wondering in that 18, under 18 year old year, um, how much interest, interest did you receive from uh, teams and how close were you to getting drafted in your first year? Um, well, I think I was, I probably spoke to about two or three clubs. Um, not a whole heap of interest from like, those clubs. They sort of say I'm close, you know, possibly rookie. Um, but I guess going into that draft, probably didn't expect. Um, to get drafted just from obviously what those clubs had told me, but you know, you obviously want to, you're still hopeful um, that's going to happen. But I guess knowing, you know, that there wasn't a heap of interest that it probably wasn't going to happen. So I guess when it, when it didn't happen, it, it wasn't a massive surprise to me. Um, obviously, you know, if I had more interest and I had more positive things said to me about from those clubs, then obviously would be more disappointed than than I was. Obviously, I was still disappointed because yeah. usually my whole life was pretty much up to that point since I was a little kid. I can remember wanting to play obviously AFL and then all of a sudden it was somewhat over. Um, but yeah, I guess it wasn't the be all and all. Um, I didn't look at it like it was the end of the world. So I sort of just, you know, wanted to go back to playing for North Adelaide and enjoy my footy. Yeah, so with that, I was wondering for the four years um, after you were playing for North Adelaide and what was your mindset, especially after the first year of missing? And then going forward, when you were playing with North Adelaide, was the dream of playing AFL always there or was it just you enjoying yourself playing at a higher level? Um, it was sort of just enjoying myself because the first couple of years after not being drafted, like the next year, I, don't, I think I pretty much just played a bit of reserves. Might have played, yeah, I played league at the end of the year, but I wasn't like, Oh, I didn't get drafted on Australians or League team playing well. Like I still took some time to mature. So mindset was probably just, you know, obviously play the best footy I can at the highest level. Um, whatever that was, it that, that was it. That was what it would be. So yeah, that was probably more my mindset. I didn't really sort of have AFL um in sight. I just sort of didn't want to look at it like that. I was sort of trying to concentrate on obviously other things. I was doing uni at the time. Um enjoying life like any other 19-year-old, going out, having fun with mates. And then, yeah, I guess the, 
the last couple of years at North Adelaide was probably, you know, as I became a better player, was obviously to help the team win a premiership. Um, still then again, AFL wasn't really, you know, obviously it's obviously wanted to play AFL, but I wasn't putting my hope, getting my hopes up um, to to make it. So it was just, yeah, playing the best footy I could, um, be the best football I could be, um, and yeah, obviously help the team win a premiership. Absolutely, mate. And I think uh, I really want to recap on your 2018 year. So I'll rattle off some stats and then uh, I'll ask you a question afterwards. So in 2017 for North Adelaide, um, you guys chalk up four wins. Uh, you're dead last in the in the season. The next year, you come back, 2018, you get 11 wins. It's enough to get you the last spot, fifth place for finals. You go through the finals, elimination each game, uh, and you're knocking off teams. You get to the prelim. And you get the five-point win over Woodville West Torrens, which is highly controversial. And I'll obviously let you talk about that. You then get into the grand final, mate. You play in front of 40,000 people uh, at Adelaide Oval. You then break the 27-year drought for a premiership for the North Adelaide Football Club, which is the longest in the uh, club's history. And it's a club you've been playing for since you were 13 years old. And you win the BNF that year. So a monumental year. And I just want to ask if, yeah, you could give us a recap on that year and, you know, the, the highlights and the importance of that. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, going into that year, we, I think we'd come, the three years prior to that, we were last, second last, last. Oh. Um, but, so, but we, we got a few players, um, recruited a few players and we were quite a young team. So there was a lot of belief there. And in that 2017 year, we, we, we just kept like losing a few games which were close and even against good teams. So we sort of knew we were very capable um, of just taking to that next step. And I guess, yeah, as the season started, just the belief um, and confidence grew in, in everyone. Boys stepped up leadership-wise and form. So sort of just got a bit of momentum going. And yeah, great year. One of the best years of my life. Um, awesome. My best mates played there. It was you know, so much fun going through the season, winning. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, you know, going into finals, just, you know, we were, I think we were at the top of the ladder for most of the year and then just sort of had a bit of a dull patch later on and scraping it fifth. And then, obviously, yeah, elimination game um, every final, so every final game. So, yeah, no, it was it was pretty awesome experience. And to then, obviously, you know, that controversial um, prelim, 50 points down and 19th man incident, um, obviously something, you know, I'll remember forever because of obviously what followed that and then and then the grand final was just an absolute um, ridiculous year in a sense that we, you know, finish fifth and go all the way to winning it with some controversial stuff on the way. Mate, it's absolutely amazing for people who probably haven't heard the story it's just yeah you, I'm pretty sure I read that you guys didn't even know if you're going to play in the grand final for the next 30 hours afterwards the prelims so it's a, it was an incredible read on that um, another question I want to ask is did you focus on anything in particular to uh, improve yourself in 2018 to um, improve your likelihood of getting drafted um sort of I, I guess like I, I had a bit of interest around you know halfway through the year um and spoke to a few clubs and yeah that was my main question for them is sort of what can i improve on in my game obviously to you know help my chances of getting better um to get drafted and most of them always said you know you need to work on your endurance and speed and i'm like that's great yeah i'll work on that during the season like how the hell am i going to work on that during the season sort of thing like what if, um like giving more stuff specific sort of about my game, but I don't know. It was hard. I've sort of spoken a little bit about this. Is like I was sort of working full time, like most people who play state league footy um, do. And I'll, to be honest, I wasn't actually putting a heap of effort into my footy that year because you know um, being an accountant was was my job, my career going forward. That was going to be my life for the next forty odd years. So it sort of needed to focus a bit more on that. Footy was almost a bit of a release, I guess, from work. I would, you know, rock up late to training because I didn't want to leave early because um, I was just up. Like, I only worked there for 12, 12 months at that stage, so I didn't want to um, be that one leaving early. So, I'd, yeah, rock up late to training, sort of go through the motions a, a, a little bit because, you know, you wrecked from working eight to 10 hours a day. And then, yeah, but, but I guess by the time that, you know, game day came around, I was actually 
Um, pumped and we're really looking forward to to playing because it was that bit of a release from working. So I don't know. That's it was sort of having a good work uh, footy work balance. I guess that probably helped me play my best footy um, because I wasn't actually focusing on footy twenty four seven. Yeah, so moving forward, so then you've you've been picked up. You've had to uh, get rid of the the accountant's job. You've picked up number three in the national rookie draft. Four games into your career, you get a contract extension to the end of 2021. You've led the team for intercept marks and intercept possessions at AFL level. Played every game in your debut season and every game of 2020 as well. You finished top 10 in the Trevor Barker Award last year. What would you attribute this immediate success to? Um, good question. To be honest, like originally, you know, I I got a game, um, I guess, purely on luck and I guess unfortunate injuries that there were to Dylan Robin and Jake Carl, which left a hole in in the defence. So obviously that was my opportunity to come in, and I guess just having those first few games and having some games under my belt to sort of adjust to the AFL standard. Um, just sort of just I grew in confidence, confidence from there, and it's probably just honestly having the the confidence of the coaching coaching group. Um, you know, obviously coming into the system, you don't know where you stand, especially being just just being drafted, so you don't obviously know where you stand. You don't have that connection with the with the guys and coaching staff yet. So I guess once they you know put me in and was able to play a couple of games, I sort of just yeah grew in confidence and started to feel comfortable um, at the level, and then sort of. You know, just just went from there, really. Well, there's no luck involved now, mate, because you've absolutely established established yourself in that team. Um, I want to also touch on your time as an accountant. So you've spent four years uh, at the desk working as an accountant. What's it like to hang up the suit and uh, don the boots? Um, it's, it's pretty nice, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice, obviously. Well, I mean, I enjoyed my time in accounting. I I find finance and all that. Um, very interesting. That's why that's why I did that um, as as a degree. That's why I went to uni for that. So, but no, obviously playing footy, the sport I've always grown up playing and wanted and to play, um, waking up every day and and going to do that. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome, best job in the world. So yeah, I'm loving it. And I've heard that you actually were at your old job when you got drafted. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, the, what, the national draft was, I think, at midday, and then the rookie draft was about 5, 5.30, and then I think they actually ended up um, starting at half an hour early, and I was ready to pack my desk and yeah, go well, go home and watch, watch the rookie draft and probably thinking, I'll be back Monday, see you guys Monday, and then I think they started early. And, yeah, I was obviously paying attention because I didn't know they started early and then obviously got the call. Um, from one of the recruiters, Chris, to, you know, obviously give me the good news. So, yeah, nah, it was um, awesome. Obviously, I had to pack up the, the desk, come and pack up the desk the next day and then fly out um, the day after. So, yeah, it was pretty pretty whirlwind experience, but obviously loving it. Well, mate, it's an amazing story, and I'm sure that you've still got the opportunity to crunch some numbers after footy, if that's what you're so pleased to do. Um, now, I wanted to get into 20... Nine, no, sorry, 2020 now. Uh, Alan, uh, Alan Richardson has departed the club. I wanted to sort of understand the process of when the coach leaves the club, does he address the players? Does he address the whole club? How does that work? Um, yeah, so that obviously morning, I think we were just doing weights, honestly, and you can sort of tell there's a bit of a, I think, honestly, I'm pretty sure it broke um, on Instagram, honestly, before Squid being told as players like maybe like five minutes before and then obviously we had a team meeting and yeah Richard obviously explained what was happening um and yeah probably for about 20-30 minutes just just talked about you know his time here um all that sort of stuff and yeah obviously, obviously never experienced something like that um well first year in AFL club I remember it happening um at North Adelaide but yeah no it was pretty yeah it's pretty emotional time, pretty, you know, weird, weird time to transition time to, to go through and then obviously have an assistant coach, which was Richard Ratz, to, to step up and fill that role for the rest of the year. So that was, it was a bit bizarre, but, um, 
you know, that's, that's this is pretty world we live in. Um, it happens all the time. I can imagine you would have developed quite a relationship with the coach and it might be quite a, a difficult thing. And then you've obviously got Brett Ratton coming in and I'm curious about the changes that he's sort of brought in and implemented and, and how that's affected the playing group. Um, yeah, Brad's has brought in a few changes, obviously a bit of structural staff. Um, you know, we got some recruits and some different type of players, a bit, bit more speed on the ball with, with Brad Hill, Dan Butler and, and Zach Jones. So, you, so you've got to adjust your game style to the players you have. So yeah, he's sort of, um, Giving us a bit more freedom to to play on instinct um, in a way, so that's sort of obviously come out when we've been obviously playing our playing our good footy. Um, so yeah, he's he's been awesome. Sort of really just sort of big on being yourself and um, you know connecting as a group, which will help us on field. And those recruits have been massive, especially you know Butler, Hill, and Jones, and they've kind of been leading the way. Have they had a really big effect off the field as well? Yeah, they've been they've been huge. Obviously, you know you want to, you want to pick their brain. They've come from some good club. Brad Hills obviously came from the Hawthorne um, three P Butler, um, you know Richmond Premiership side. And Zach Jones from Sydney, who's always Sydney's always been renowned for you know their culture and the way they go about it. So you know we've all been as a group trying to pick their brains on you know little things that we can get better um, as a group and. Yeah, they've, they've been massive on and off the field. Yeah, it's really, it's really showing. Um, another thing that we do every week is we have a question from Everything AFL HQ, which is one of our favorite AFL pages. They post some amazing content. And every week, one of their fans asks whoever we have on the podcast a question. So this week, the question is by Byron Bradshaw, and it is, who is the funniest teammate that you have? And what's an example of something that they've done that's funny? Um, few, few funny teammates. Um... There's some jokers like Dan Hanabry, Nick Hine, but I don't know. Really, on this on this trip, the the funny one for me has been Dougal Howard. He just has some absolute rage when playing FIFA or Call of Duty, or even when he's losing at tennis. I'm actually in his. I'm doing this podcast in his apartment because he's in mine playing the boys in FIFA, um, and. Yeah, I was just before we started. I could hear him um, just screaming um, all types of swear words at the TV. So if if you might get lucky, hopefully they're still playing. You might be able to hear him. <laughs> and I feel like this kind of leads into the next question. Well, and with a name like Dougal, he was stitched up at birthday. He was always going to be aggressive when playing FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> who is who are the players that you would least like to be stuck in a hub with? Um. Oh. Probably Hanabry. Um, I, I could deal with him for a fair amount of time, but the bloke's just switched on all the time. He just always talking like nonstop. So if I actually wanted some downtime, I don't think I'll be able to have any. Um, so I'd, I'd, have, I'd have a good laugh with him for, for a while, but I reckon there'd be a time where it would just switch and I would just, he'd just be an absolute pest. We've all got that one, mate. Ponch is absolutely that mate for me. <laughs> I'll, wear that, I'll wear that one on the cheek. Good in small doses. Now, last question I wanted to ask you is you guys have had a great season so far. It's been super positive down at St Kilda, not the result you were looking for on the weekend, but considering the trajectory that you're on, what's the sort of time frame that you guys are looking at in terms of giving it a real shake up in September? Um, you know, obviously everyone wants to play September every year. Um, and obviously this year has been a bit of a shake up with different, um, challenges and everything, but obviously, yeah, we're growing as a group, um, uh, week by week, obviously didn't have the result on the weekend, but yeah, no, I think literally just if we can start getting our best footy and play consistently, um, or just even when we're not playing our best footy, have a consistent base where. We're not, um, you know, leaking goals like we sort of did on the weekend and, and getting that slump. Um, it will take us in, in a really good stead to to go forward and, and, and hopefully, you know, play finals footy. But, yeah, I mean, at the moment we've got some, well, especially from the weekend, got a few things we need to, um, you know, fix up and, and learn from. But, yeah, obviously we're still learning as a group so and learning how to win. So hopefully, you know, 
soon. We, we want to be playing finals footy. Everyone wants to be playing finals footy. So, yeah, hopefully we can do it soon. Awesome, mate. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on, brother. It's been a while since I've chatted to you. Yeah, so it's been a while. Mate. I reckon the last time we saw you, the last time I saw you was actually up here in Noosa. That's Remember right. when I saw you at the, at the RSL? Uh, I definitely would have been on a fair few properties at that point. But yeah, mate, well, hopefully when everything comes down with COVID and you're living in Melbourne now, um, we can go and catch up for a beer probably post-season when it's appropriate. But, yeah, definitely. Mate, yeah. Thank, thank you so much once again for coming on. Yeah, really appreciate it, brother. Thank yeah. you very much. Thanks, I realized. Callum Wilkie, guys, thank you. So that was our interview with St Kilda's Callum Wilkie. We'd like to give a massive thank you to Callum for coming and giving us a chop out on the podcast and hopefully the Saints get a win this week for Ponchi's sake or else he might be getting another punishment done. Don't forget, guys, wherever you're listening, please hit the subscribe button down below. Give it a like, leave it a review. Any sort of feedback you can give us, even if you think we're dog shit, Um, yeah i just want to thank cal again it was a really good episode and i really enjoyed this interview with another great bloke in afl and please tune into our instagram at hello game day to see me give punch the rudest haircut you will ever see on a man it is so disgusting yeah it is such a good get by moose (laughs) i was filthy i still am a little bit but I'll literally have to wear it. It's for a good cause. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And I've been the moose. I've been the punch. Next time you tune in, bring him out. Thank you for tuning in to the Hello Game Day podcast. If you're listening right now, that means you've made it to the end of the episode. And maybe even enjoyed what you've heard. If so, you can join us on all major social media platforms, as well as audio podcasting platforms and YouTube. Or just head on over to our website at www.hellogameday.co and hit subscribe to join our mailing list where you can receive weekly updates on the podcast. We'd like to give a massive thank you to our producer, Ethan Curtin. Find him on Instagram at Room10Company, as well as Equal Tech, who have given us an office space to work in. And our beautiful graphic design is done by Chev at Graphic Design. He's been the punch. He's been the moose. And next time you drop in, bring a mate.